0: You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 726 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you. On a Friday evening into Saturday morning, I was in the building this evening for what became a very fun and very entertaining win for the Hawks by a final score of 141-118 to over the Brooklyn Nets. That was a fun one, and uh, most of the podcast will be centered on that particular game. This evening, I could not record in the arena, as I often do on the podcast, because there was a post-game concert, and that would not have been uh, tenable from an audio perspective. Also, I wanted to plug yesterday's show. I don't always uh, do that, but yesterday's podcast was, was a little bit interesting, I thought, anyway, about a little bit longer of a solo show than I would normally do on injury stuff and the young wings and the NBA draft, and that was a fun one. Also, as a note, uh, the audio quality was not great yesterday on the podcast. I got a new computer, and I'm still working out the kinks in terms of uh, making sure everything is always connected to the right stuff on the podcast. Hopefully, today's show sounds a little bit better, so I really appreciate everybody's patience on that, and I think I had the problem corrected, so there you go. On that front. Um, as for the game tonight that we'll talk about now, uh, coming into the game, the Hawks were about three-point underdogs at the outset. Um, Atlanta, there was a little bit of injury concern before the game started with Trey Young and Damian Jones as questionable on the on on the injury report with flu-like symptoms, just like Trey was on Wednesday, and Kevin Herter was probable. All three of those guys were upgraded to play earlier in the day on Friday, and the Hawks were obviously still without Dwayne Deadman and Clint Capella. Etc. But still, uh, relatively, rel- relatively full strength. Other than that, and of course, Brooklyn was was without Kyrie Irving as he's out for the rest of the season. Up there, um, still, um, the Hawks elected to make a interesting decision, one that I definitely do support, but one that was certainly noteworthy. And that the Hawks started with John Collins at center and played the five young guys that are, of course, the famed the famed five man unit. They've had success with that unit all season long, and in this matchup, uh, Lloyd Pierce uh, actually was the one that uh, asked the follow-up question, talking about the fact that it was a matchup decision that the Hawks made in that spot. I'm not sure if they're going to stick with this lineup or not full-time, but it worked out in this game, and against Brooklyn, who plays a little bit smaller, Torian Prince is their starting power forward, and he's not some massive power forward, so it kind of lets you go a little bit smaller and play five out in the way that the Hawks are capable of doing, and it obviously worked pretty well in this matchup. Digging into the game a little bit here, we'll go as we always do from the top to the bottom. Um, John Collins had it going in a big way in the first quarter of this contest. In fact, he scored 12 of the first 16 points for the Hawks in that run. He hit two above the break threes. That was very, very good to see, as well as a nice weak side block. Um, They were playing drop coverage in the early going, and Lloyd Pierce echoed this uh, sentiment after the game. A couple different times, but the fact that John was able to make those first two threes really softened up the defense for Brooklyn, and that sort of made them come out and guarded him, and that allowed a lot of guys to get downhill throughout this contest. Pierce shed light on that for sure, and it was obviously pretty easy to see on the film ultimately they also elected elected to and uh, with great success sort of feed collins more often um near the rim once the, once that all once it all happened so basically i don't want to assign too much credit to two shots but once once collins started the game off with two for two from three um brooklyn extended their defense kind of tweaked it a little bit and, and atlanta boy really took advantage of that for the rest of the game um from there, defensively, it was a little bit shaky in the early going for the Hawks. Particularly, Kevin Herter, I thought, got picked up, picked on a little bit in the first quarter. Um, but the Hawks did stiffen up a little bit from there. But there was one rough run. In fact, it was the only run, only real run of the game was from for Brooklyn came in the first quarter, about about halfway through, on a 15 to two run from Brooklyn to go up by 13. So suddenly, the Hawks are down by 13 points at home after a pretty good start, and uh, that was uh, a little bit, a little bit, I wouldn't say stunning, but it was certainly a little bit surprising see the hawks dig themselves a hole in that way against this brooklyn team but from there after a timeout there was a lot of a lot more success from the hawks they went to the bench which was a little bit uh, you know normally not a strength i would say of this hawks team um and even in this game not always a strength of the hawks but in that first run it ended up being pretty pretty important the second unit really actually was able to hold up and the um, the hawks actually uh, were able to cut the margin with that unit on the court which is kind of surprising but it, de- it but it definitely happened. In fact, part of that um was a, a, was was an 11-0 run by the Hawks to cut the lead down to 2 after Brooklyn's push. Some of that did come with the, with the unit on the floor, but the, the Hawks, also the Hawks used a, a zone defense that was very successful. Kevin Herder was um, complimentary of that of that defense after the game and talking to uh and talking to me and Chris Kirshner. In the locker room, just talking about the fact that you know, the Hawks just rotate better in that zone right now, and it's not always going to work for large swaths of games. I think it's more of a wrinkle than anything else, but the zone defense, defense was actually pretty effective there. I thought Trey Young looked good in that. I think it sort of plays to his strengths defensively. In fact, in this game, he had a great possession early on. It actually wasn't in the zone, I don't think, but um, a great defensive possession against Karis LeVert and, and Lloyd Pierce after the game said the fact that uh, I believe he thought, I believe he said that Trey Young has his best off on ball defensive game of the season something like that in the post game I thought he played very well defensively in this spot but even with all that uh, those two big runs coming back, back and forth the Hawks still trailed by 7 points at the end of the first quarter even with the offense playing very well because the defense was not playing so well but in the middle portion of the game. The offense for the Hawks just kind of exploded. They scored 79 points combined in the second and third quarters. The third quarter was was the one that's going to get all the shine, the second quarter was also very, very impressive in its own right. Brooklyn did lead by 10 early in the second quarter, but from that point forward, the Hawks kind of slashed that lead down. They went to the bench um, a little bit more, but uh, once once Young and Collins came back in the game with about seven and a half minutes to go in the half, it was much more successful from Atlanta. In fact, Collins started this game off eight of eight for 18 points in about the first quarter and a half. He was very, very good in the early going, but the Hawks um, then have uh, had their other big run of the first half—a 13-0 run to take a deficit into a lead. They were down, they were down six, and then went up by seven in that same run. Back-to-back threes from Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter, followed by a three-point play by Trey Young and four free throws. So 13 straight points. Brooklyn did not score for almost three minutes. It was a good defensive stretch for the Hawks. And uh, obviously a pretty awesome little run there for Atlanta. And from there, they played basically even the rest of the quarter, large enough on the strength of the offense. They were giving up a lot, a lot uh, defensively, but... The entire game, really, the offense was pretty darn good. Um, And the Hawks go into the uh, halftime break with a lead, despite the fact that there were some uh, uneven moments. In the first half, though, John Collins had 22 points on 9 of 10 shooting. Trey Young had 9 of 9. Uh, The balance was really there for the offense as well. In fact, they had 16 assists and 3 turnovers before halftime, a 136 offensive rating, and the fact that it actually stayed similar, in fact, it was the exact same in both halves. If you look at it, um, basically the Hawks had the same offensive output on a per possession, on a per possession basis and the, for the entire game. That was, that's pretty surprising and not always something that you would see, but defensively it was not fantastic before halftime it was improved after the half but still it was more than enough with the way they were playing offensively um after the halftime break we'll get into uh, that stuff in a second but uh, obviously it was pretty good if you look at the scoreboard but uh, after a quick break we'll come back and dive back into the rest of the second half and all the individual stuff on this podcast all right, and we're back with the third quarter and beyond. In fact, it open the second half, the Hawks kept losing Joe Harris. That was kind of frustrating in some ways because Joe Harris is one of the best shooters in the world, and uh, he was open far too often at different times in this game. He actually did the Hawks a favor with a couple of of open misses along the way. But other than that, in the third quarter, it was pretty much lights out from once the fact, once the Hawks got their footing, the offense was just electric in the third quarter. Everyone seemed to focus on that, and I think rightly so, with the way they were able to shoot the ball, particularly in that period. Uh, The Hawks went on a 14-4 run. They pushed the lead up to 86-72, giving the Hawks a 14-point lead after a 103. Um, And then during a timeout, Kenny Atkinson got a timeout, uh, got a technical foul during that run. A, and by the way, the Hawks scored 15 points in less than three minutes to open the second half. Pretty lights out there offensively. Um, there was one little push from Brooklyn after John Connolly missed two free throws. Brooklyn scored the next five points in a row to cut the lead down to nine. And there was a timeout at that point from Lloyd Pierce, and the Hawks were not scoring at that point in time. Brooklyn didn't, to, I guess, um, to their fortune for Atlanta. Brooklyn did not score a ton of points in that little stretch, and the Hawks were able to recover and then really turn it on for the rest of for the rest of the uh, third quarter. Uh, Trae Young had a, had an awesome pass to Jeff Teague for a layup, and then um, other than that, it was the Cam right show. Honestly, Cam was six of seven at one point from three during a stretch he actually missed his first two and then made six of his next seven he was absolutely unconscious in the third quarter the Hawks needed it too honestly because they were they had really um, big trouble getting stops even in the third quarter where the offense was awesome they allowed 36 points so it wasn't like the Hawks were not in need of the offense but the offense was so good that it just, it just didn't matter honestly it was a career high for Cam Reddish and three-point field goals for a full game and he had it through three quarters he had 17 points in the third quarter alone um I I, I would say definitively his best offensive quarter of his career to this point. Um, Cam's had a, a couple of good games offensively, but that that stretch in the fourth quarter, he just couldn't miss a shot. Sorry, in the third quarter, he just couldn't miss a shot, frankly. The whole Hawks team was kind of unconscious in that, in that third quarter, but Cam especially was just lights out and making everything that he threw up in the air. All good-looking shots, too, shooting the ball with confidence, playing, playing with confidence, and uh, I think we've now seen that a few different times from Reddish this season. When he's playing with confidence, he looks like a different guy, and uh, that was definitely the case in that third quarter. Um, The Hawks Also, by the way, Reddish Reddish had an incredible pass to Kevin Herter along the way. Even when he was not making shots, he was also doing everything else. Um, And then after Cam went on that barrage, Herter and Collins made back-to-back threes, and the Hawks just couldn't miss, frankly. So for the entire third quarter, the Hawks were 8 of 10, sorry, 8 of 11 from 3. They had 11 assists in the period. Reddish Reddish was 4 4 on his own. The Hawks actually allowed... The Nets shoot 54% from the floor in the third quarter, but um, it, it just didn't matter because the Hawks' offense was so good. And honestly, that's kind of the dream scenario for the offensive side of the floor with the Hawks right now, when they're playing that five-man unit, just kind of flying the ball around, shooting the ball from the long range, attacking mismatches, playing small, playing fast. And Lloyd Pierce seemed to be... Very happy with the pace in this game. I would definitely agree with that, considering how fast the Hawks were playing. And and this matchup, they actually played to their strengths quite a bit. Um, In the fourth quarter, it was not all easy. In fact, the the lead was cut to six at one point in the early going, but they did push it back pretty quickly to 10 and then up to 12 with eight minutes to go. But all all five starters were playing very well offensively. In fact, hilariously, um, and this actually held for the entire game Trey Young was the only starter to not hit more than three threes. Sorry, three or more threes. And uh, Trey, considering he leads the team in three-point field goals by a pretty comfortable margin, that's pretty funny to point out the fact that he was the only guy that did not make at least three threes. He only actually made one in this game. So it kind of speaks to everybody that just knocking down everything along the way there. The Hawks did stop making every shot. Um, it, w- it was not necessarily sustainable the way they were playing offense in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, they did slow down quite a bit. Only scored 10 points in the first six minutes or so of the third, but the Nets only scored six points in that same time period, and that really allowed the Hawks to sort of um, put this game away because eventually they started making shots again. The Hawks pushed it up to 16 with about 5.30 to go, and at that point it's basically over. I will say they got it down to 11, Brooklyn did, with 4.24 to go. That prompted a timeout from Lloyd Pierce to kind of stop the bleeding and hopefully reset things, and that that ended up definitely happening because out of that timeout, um, Trey Young missed a three, but John Collins tipped the ball back in with with a dunk to go back up by 13 they got a stop Collins made both free throws on the next trip to go back to 15 they got another stop and then what I I would would describe as the dagger of this game was a DeAndre Hunter 3 with about 3 minutes to go to go up by 18 points Um, from there it was basically garbage time which is you know, I would say in a refreshing twist, it was the Hawks leading in garbage time instead of trailing most of the time. In fact, the great majority of the time this year, when there's been garbage time, it's been the Hawks getting blown out. But in this game, they were up so much that it actually was a blowout in in their favor. And the only real drama late in this game was that was whether Ken Reddish would actually get his uh, career high or not. His career high was 25 coming into the game. He had 24 for much of the fourth quarter, and then finally he got a dunk in the final minute to sort of put an exclamation point on what was a great night for him with a career-high 26 points, and that was the only drama and that ended up actually coming through. As well as Jeff T got a dunk late. Actually, he missed his first two dunk attempts, which is kind of funny, but he got, he, he made his third one, and a lot of a lot of fun was had at State Farm Arena in the fourth quarter with the Hawks getting a 23-point win. I think that's probably a little bit overstating how much the margin should have been, but uh, we'll take it, obviously, in this spot with the way the Hawks have played. And um, you know it's it's interesting in a lot of ways um offensively the numbers are just fantastic and it's kind of easy to say that out loud brooklyn is not lights out defensively but they're not that they're not this bad either and atlanta was just really really good offensively for the for the entire game 52% shooting 49% from 3 19 of 39 um and for a team that entered this game dead last in in the league in three point shooting that is an outlier in a good way for the Hawks and a lot of uh, and especially if I tell you Trey Young shoots one of six from three and the Hawks still shoot 19 of 39 that is pretty unlikely to happen and it happened in this game everybody else had it going and that was actually that ended up being a very, very good thing there also 32 assists and only 10 turnovers that is a ratio the Hawks have not seen many times this season um, just lights out a 136 offensive rating um, it's just every single stat that you want to throw out there offensively was good at, as, you, as you might assume for 141 points but it was very very good offensively Really, the entire game with only a couple of small blips, and the rest of the game, really good. Uh, defensively, it was not always awesome in this game, but in the fourth quarter, they made a lot of plays defensively. For the full game, a 114 defensive rating. That's uh, not incredible, but it's good enough when you just score like crazy the entire game. And Atlanta did make a couple of nice plays. I thought defensively, Trey Young was better than usual. I would say the zone defense was was pretty effective. And when it, when it mattered, the Hawks did key in a little bit more. And they play with a lot of energy. And with the way that they were sort of using their small ball lineups to play, that kind of defense was actually pretty pretty strong in this game overall, even if there were some moments where it wasn't quite as good. To the individual stuff, as we always do in this game, uh, we'll go to the bench first. And, you know, we, I was kind of playing a game with some people Um in, uh, sort of the media folks after the game about who didn't play well, because basically, spoiler alert, almost everyone played well for the Hawks in this game. The two guys that you, could, that you could maybe say that did not play all that well were Vince Carter and Travion Graham. And even then, Travion did a lot of little things well. He was 0-4 from the floor, which is not a terrible surprise. He's not a great offensive player by any means. But defensively, he was effective in the zone. He had three rebounds, a couple little uh, dirty work things, had a block shot. I've actually thought he played relatively okay in this game, despite the fact that they did not score. He was only only on the Hawks that didn't score. Vince Carter um, had a couple of nice moments as well. Did have two steals and an assist and two rebounds to go along with two points. Those two guys come on and shoot one of nine, but it didn't really matter at all in this spot. And the other three games, sorry, the other three guys off the bench all played pretty well. Brandon Goodwin had a couple nice moments, had 10 points, three assists, three rebounds in 13 minutes, made two of his three threes. Jeff T was very good, I thought, other than the two missed dunks, which were kind of more funny than anything else. Six points, three assists, two steals. I thought he played pretty solidly. Off the bench, Bruno Fernando, nine points, nine rebounds, two assists, and two steals in 20 minutes. Bruno was in a little bit of a smaller role with John Collins starting, starting at center, but he was still the only other center that played in this game. Damian Jones did not play at all, which is not a... I would say it's a mild surprise, considering the fact that the Hawks only had two centers available. But as soon as they basically elected to play John Collins only at center in this game, um, there was only one, maybe two. But I'm only, I'm only recalling one stretch right now when when they actually played Collins and Fernando together. For the most part, Fernando was just a backup center to John Collins in this game. That actually was pretty effective, given this matchup against Brooklyn. We'll see how they handle that moving forward when they don't have Deadman for the next couple of games. But in this in this game, with Brooklyn not really playing a traditional four much at all, it did play into their hands quite a bit. And I thought Bruno was quite good by his by his standards, especially in this game. Good energy. Lloyd Pierce praised his energy coming out. Um in fact it was I think I think he might have been the first guy he even mentioned in this spot about just the fact that he came out and played hard and played well. I would echo that sentiment. Um to the starters in this game, all five starters had scored 15 points or more. Cameron Herter had 15 points. He was a low man on that particular thing, but he, he was actually plus 31, a game high metric for him. Uh, a nice, efficient game for Kevin, 6 of 10 from the floor, 3 of 4 from 3, had 15 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists, uh, and a block shot. I actually thought he was just kind of okay. It wasn't like he was incredible in this game, just made his, he made his open threes. Uh, defensively, he got better as the game went along in that first little, I would say the first 3 or 4 minutes, it was kind of one of those uh-oh moments when they were kind of attacking him. But once, once he settled in, it was actually pretty, pretty solid across the board there. I thought he played relatively well. DeAndre Hunter played quite well, I thought. Lloyd Pierce praised him quite a bit in the, the post game. I would agree with that. 18 points and 10 rebounds for Hunter. Six ten from the floor, four of eight from three, two of two from the free throw line. Pierce made it a point to talk about the fact that he challenged Hunter, Herder, and Reddish to rebound the ball coming out of the All Star break uh, at a higher level. I actually asked Herder about that post game as well. Um, just the fact that, especially if they're especially if they're going to play Collins at center, they have to sort of gang rebound a little bit more. And uh, Hunter was the uh, Example of that in this game with 10 rebounds, that's not exactly something he's going to always do, but I thought he played pretty physically and pretty well in this game. Good to see him put put together a pretty complete effort. Trey Young um, was good, obviously. I think the only thing there is that he didn't shoot the ball particularly well. 6 of 18 from the floor, 1 of 6 from 3. Not his best by by any means, but got to, the line, got to the line for 9 of 10. That's very, very solid, of course. And 14 assists to go along with 22 points. His passing is always fantastic. It was very, very good in this game. I thought he played a very under-control brand of sort of just operational basketball. In this game, it was not his most spectacular night, but his passing was just fantastic. And defensively, he was better than normal, for sure. Pierce praised him. I would say I would definitely echo that. I think he just played... Well, it wasn't like a 50 point game for Trey Young. He's going to have bigger and better offensive nights as a scorer, but his passing and his defense are definitely worth shouting out in this game. I thought he played very, very well. Um, the two guys who were the stars, I would say, um, it's rare to say that Trey Young probably wasn't that in this game, but the two guys who I think are going to get justifiably get the headlines here are Reddish and Collins. Reddish, it was a lot, you know, most of it was the third quarter in terms of the offense. He had 17 of his 26 in the third quarter, but I thought he played very well the entire game. 26 points a new career high for cam 4 rebounds 9 of 14 from the floor 6 of 9 from 3 2 of 4 from the free throw line and i thought you know also also had a steal and a block his block was a huge play in fact pierce praised that play um i think you could probably find the highlight of it on on fox sports southeast twitter page but it was a nice play obviously you know cam's defense has been Positively regarded all season long, including on this podcast. I think I've just been very high on that, and a few of it is I'm praising his defense all season long. That was still the case here. Offensively, um, obviously, he's not going to always shoot six of nine from three, but he really had it going in that stretch. He was shooting the ball with confidence, and even even during that run, he took a, a pull up jumper from two point range that was a good smooth. In rhythm, jump shot that went in. He was attacking the rim. He had the, he had the dunk at the end of the game. Um, you know, you can't really say anything anything bad about Cam, Cam's offense in this game. He was very very good. His best offensive night of the season. His best offensive quarter of his career, I would say, pretty clearly in that third quarter. So um, you can't really say much more about that. He was just fantastic. And uh, one of the bigger reasons why the Hawks won this game as convincingly as they did. And then you get into John Collins, who you know once it's kind of it's kind of become a running joke in some circles, at least around Peachtree Hoops and Slack and all that stuff. John Collins always seems to get right into the career high range and never actually get there. He had 33 and 13 in this game. His career high is 35, and he had 22. Pretty quickly in this game, and he didn't quite get there, but still, uh, does not mean he did not play well in this game because thirty-three and thirteen speaks for itself. Eleven to fifteen from the floor, three of four from three, eight of ten from the free throw line. He was pretty much unstoppable for Brooklyn in this game. Um, yeah, you know, what, what, else, what else can you say about that? I thought he was just he was excellent in this spot. He, he definitely slowed down a little bit, but that was probably because he just got more attention as the game wore on from Brooklyn. But when the Hawks found that mismatch early on, and especially in the first half, they were feeding it, and that was the way that you probably should be doing things with John Collins. His numbers continued to. Do be absolutely ridiculous this season. We'll talk about more of that in the future, I'm sure. But just the way that John is posting, you know, 2010s with regularity. And at elite efficiency levels, it can't be overstated how good he's been offensively this season. And defensively, he's been better than he's ever been as well. He's just playing at a ridiculously high level at the moment. And I think, you know, I don't always point that out. Like, individual guys, I have kind of breeze past sometimes on these podcasts. But Collins is playing so well. Trey Young is playing so well this season. Those guys have to be um, praised in the way that they can be. I know I spent a lot of time yesterday's podcast on the Young Wings. And just kind of the highs and lows of all that. And by the way, in this game tonight, Pierce came out and basically said the same thing that uh, at least in a shorter version of what I said yesterday. Just kind of shedding light on the fact that you know rookies and young guys have highs and lows, and that's kind of the point i was trying trying to get across on yesterday's podcast. He he mentioned that, and I had I had to kind of crack a smile and remember what I said yesterday on the podcast about the young wings, especially. But Collins and, Collins and Young have just been lights out all season long, and Collins doesn't get the shine of Young, pretty obviously for you know for good reason. Trey is still a better player than John is right now but um collins has just been so good i mean the suspension got a lot of headlines and i think rightfully so that was disappointing in a lot of ways but since he's gotten back and gotten in a groove you know it took him five six five six seven games but from that point forward he's been just ridiculous so there you go on that another night here and again the theme for me in this game was balance um collins leads the way cam leads the way trey leads the way but all five starters 15 points or more um seven guys with at least nine points and uh you know Eight guys with six points or more, just a lot of balance and a fantastic offensive effort. Probably the best offensive game of the season, maybe for Atlanta. They were just so good offensively as a team in this game. And uh, you know, Brooklyn isn't fantastic, but for the fact that the Hawks were still underdogs in this game, they come out, they come out in front of the kitchen sink at the Nets and play very, very well on the, first, on the first night of a back-to-back. And by the way, when you win by this many points, no one plays more than 34 minutes in this game, and that's a big factor going into a back-to-back, going into a back-to-back set against Portland on Saturday night. So. Circle that one. Um, we'll obviously be in the building again on Saturday night. Um, by the way, no Damian Lillard in that spot, so circle that as well. That's a very winnable game for the Hawks. Uh, Portland did not play today, so that's something to keep in mind. They'll be on a rest advantage over the Hawks, but without Dame, that's a very winnable game for the Hawks. We'll see if they were able to win two in a row here, but um, you know, I would say my major lasting takeaway from this game is just the Hawks played great. It was a balanced effort. Everybody played well and uh, a nice springboard for the future and a fun night at the arena on a Friday. So thank you for listening to the podcast. As always, everyone, please subscribe to the show again. I try to do uh, as much as I can on the podcast. But when it comes to game stuff, we're almost always there. And then, um, you know, mailbag podcasts like the one from yesterday and some guests coming up in the near future. So if you enjoy the podcast, let us know that via a review or some stuff on Twitter. If you'd like to do that, follow me on Twitter at Roland, Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnHawks. And if nothing else, we'll see everybody once again in the space after the game on Saturday night.